lady, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness. The ones who walk in light, light 'em up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday, August the nineteenth. Oh bloody hell! I've got the wrong script. I had a script that I was taping for Thursday morning, and um, that's at eight twenty on the morning show. And I neglected to mention two things. I'm going to mention them now because I hope that you'll have a chance to see them before the weekend. That's just. Two shows. Uh, one is called uh, Agape, best documentary I've seen in years. It's an awesome portrait of South African children. Um, it's on HBO. Oh dear, I wish. How I wish um, more of us had HBO. Anyway, Agape means, of course, unconditional love is Greek word meaning, uh, you know, all love. Um, it's a, a beautiful portrait of uh, AIDS orphans. Uh, that sounds so grim. They they sing. They are a beatific choir. They have this orphanage called Agape. They end up in concert with Paul Simon in New York by the end. It's Anyway, it's unforgettable if you get a chance to watch it. Uh, tune it up. HBO, of course, is the only place where we get the, uh, what I would call, the cutting edge stuff. For example, there's a documentary on um, the journalist Helen Thomas and the networks, the mass media, corporate media, Voice of America, right? Uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, they didn't dare do this one. Um, too hot for them, I guess. <laughs> uh, absolutely adorable old lady, a national treasure, somebody who speaks truth to power and sits there in the White House press um, corps trying to get the president to answer a direct question. And, of course, they're terrified of her. Uh, she's long ago uh, booted out of the press room. She has her own column now. But the show is on HBO. It's only a 45-minute show. Uh, it's called Thank You, Mr. President. And it's made by Rory Kennedy. That the youngest son of Robert Kennedy, um, nephew of JFK, uh, Helen Thomas, has uh, been around for nine administrations. And uh, it's interesting to think that after all this time, <laughs> she can't be on the most public of the public uh, networks. Imagine... Uh, She's outrageous in today's climate, this obsequious uh, submission. I think of the journalists there in the White House today. They're like 
courtiers, you know, bowing and scraping. Uh, she was asked at some point in the documentary um, whether or not she thought today's media has a liberal bias. And she snorted. She says, I wish, you know. She says, where is it? If there were only one, one liberal. Uh, she points out that since 9-11, they are cowards all. Uh, it's amazing to see someone. There's a wonderful scene. She's at a party, a roast, sort of. Or it's a party for Geraldine Ferraro. And she's singing up there like Ethel Merman. Anyway, it's called Thank You, Mr. President. And uh, it's all about Helen Thomas. Another one of those, what are they? Uh, Wonder Women. I think of Bella Abzug and Joycelyn Elders. Uh, <laughs> even Madeleine Albright. You know, they aren't pretty. They're just terrific. Anyway, uh, those two shows I did want to mention, but uh, mostly I wanted to talk about politics again. I was going to give it up. I was swearing off politics at least until after this convention because I put my foot in my mouth again whenever I shoot off my mouth. I remember Mother told me, never talk politics mm, unless you want an argument uh, I mentioned Barack Obama, and I get feedback, you know. <laughs> He's anti-Christ. Any Democrat is anti-Christ for some, some progressives. Uh, now, uh, I uh, don't advocate any candidate. I, I, I don't know why I have such a hard time communicating my down-to-earth thoughts on something as straightforward as something as simple as uh, the election of the next president. I'm one of those cup-half-full people, you know. This one is better than that one. Um, <laughs> the lesser of two weevils, right. Okay, I see the White House as just an interest group, you know. I mean, I visualize like a chessboard. You place this or that pawn and move the players around. Um, see if you can... Uh, you know, make things a little bit better. Good is done in minute particulars. The bad stuff comes down like uh, crashing down on us like thunder, flood. Anyway, last week at this time I attempted to uh, talk about Barack Obama as an alternative to, oh, uh, you know, John McCain. <laughs> Something better, say, than what we got now. Uh, uh, what was that? Anything but Bush. I think it's a uh, uh, bumper sticker. We've been living with his mess for eight years, and uh, interest groups, you know, push each other around, and the Democrats uh, do seem to be pushing their way forward again. Really reminds me of Clinton. Clinton never got off the ground, as you know, uh, but for eight years he held the fort. I just assume... Uh, that the Democrats are less likely to kill all the children before lunch. Uh, I used to say that Democrats were a stay of execution. <laughs> Republicans have a license to kill. The neo-con cabal that has uh, made life hell for eight years now is gearing up, in case you hadn't noticed, the propaganda machine. They want to hold on to power. And uh, 
I tremble thinking what they might pull off, something in the way of an October surprise. Anyway, I'm just sitting around hoping for the hour when we can throw the bums out. I know that doesn't mean that we'll get uh, uh, the Messiah in there, but uh, I'm fully aware that Barack Obama is not a radical progressive. Uh, you know, um, politics is the art of the possible, being all things to all people is not the easiest uh, trick in the world. Uh, I uh, heard Nancy Pelosi explaining this the other day, but she said, well, uh, she said some folks, you know, they're determined to see only the hole in the donut is the way I would phrase it. Um, we know that the failures of the Democratic Party are serious failures. Uh, they certainly can't seem to make much headway in today's climate of greed and corruption, but I'm an incrementalist, kind of like Barack Obama. Last week, I tried to make out a case that Barack was working for the general welfare insofar as it was possible doing the doable. Of course, he's not the king. He cannot order justice to be done. Perfection is never possible when all of these uh, folks, these interest groups, are struggling for power. Politics is compromise. Of course, the question always is, at what point is compromise complicity? That's when the little bell rings in your head, you know, and you have to say this far and no further. I thought that the uh, last Democrat, that Clinton... The bell rang in my head when he uh, went for that welfare deform bill. The little bell in my head went off. Sixty years of social uh, progress down the drain. I, I think, well, yes, the line was, we saw his soul leave his body. But uh, as a leftist, I can't help... Uh, still looking for the politicians who would be good if they could, you know. Um, the people, uh, you know, who will do the right thing uh, when it's possible. You remember Hillary Clinton saying uh, that uh, President Lyndon Johnson had to be there to sign the Civil Rights Amendment. Uh, it is the people who... Uh, made the change, who were uh, the folks that created the civil rights movement, uh, the grassroots struggle, you know, uh, African Americans wanted a better deal, uh, but they had to have somebody in office who was willing to support them in this. Uh, the president or the leaders are basically followers, if you think about it, uh, the job of a great leader or a democratic leader is to figure out where the people are going and then get out there and run to the head of the march and lead them there. Yes, which way the wind blows, weather rains. Uh, now, we know that authoritarian leaders resist the will of the people. <laughs> look, look at Washington today and you will see, yes. 
they work things out so that, um, well, actually, they make it legal. Yes, remember, everything Hitler did was legal. Anyway, uh, it's what they've been doing ever since they assaulted Iraq uh, with their obvious agenda of extending our empire. It's called Pax Americana. Cheney and co. planned that for decades. Uh, I still like to date the whole mess from 1980 with Reagan's arrival in the White House. Uh, A conservative, well, let's call it a, a lurch to the right what Hillary called the vast right-wing conspiracy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, along with Helen Thomas, I don't see how anybody could miss it. <laughs> we know that um, these boys have succeeded in seducing masses of citizens, uh, terrify people. Uh, they're in this TV trance. Um, McCain is out there, yes, saying that... Uh, the Democrat, uh, his opponent, you know, is not a patriot and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Um, people have been brainwashed to believe that uh, their problems are the fault of liberals, liberals, intellectual elites, effete elites, uh, limey snobs. Um, they think that they're being threatened by terrorists behind every door. Yes, these days they define a terrorist as anyone who resists, anyone who says no to the status quo. Somebody once said, know your enemy. He defines your position. Uh, many leftists look for the enemy uh, close to home. You remember something called the 50s, the McCarthy era. Uh, <laughs> If mommy is a commie, then you've got to turn her in. Some progressives can't help it. They're absolutists, fundamentalists, extremists, all or nothing, they cry. That's their motto. Basically, it's the same kind of thinking, the same little mental process with the little synapses clicking there. Um, with the right wing, it's the for me or against me approach, you know, Good or evil, right or wrong, black or white, those uh, who are not loyal, loyal to the cause, they are by definition treacherous, traitors, terrorists, whatever. It's a feudal mindset. It, um, it's the strongman profile, you know. <laughs> Putin's doing very well, yes, he's playing it for all it's worth. No flip-flops. Uh, Bush himself once joked how much easier things would be if he could just be a dictator here at KPFA. I always get some feedback from our more passionate listeners. And uh, I try to make the case for what they call the lesser evil. Uh, a kind word about Hillary Clinton will usually uh, cause me to catch hell. Some of us seem to be still fighting some kind of internal battle, maybe with our families, with our parents. Those closest to us are the ones who have betrayed us. Uh, it's a demand for perfection keeps us from seeing the good, yes. 
I remember someone, some philosopher said that, yes, the search for perfection prevents us from seeing the good, the better than. Uh, a caller asked me, why don't I spend my precious airtime promoting presidential candidates who share my values? <laughs> you know, Cynthia McKinney, say, Ralph Nader. I have to answer that I'm too old for romance. I think romance belongs in the bedroom, a young woman once said to me. She had to follow her feelings when she voted. <laughs> I told her where to follow them, yes. Someplace it might promote happiness. Of course, the Green Party, all of the left progressive movements are vital to democracy. We must work for them, fight for them. They are the future. Uh, the presidential thing is still uh, just a technicality. The day may come when we get instant runoff. You know, uh, we can vote for the one we like the best and then next best and all of that. And then we can get proportional representation. I'll be the first to joyously vote for the most idiosyncratic woman in North America. Uh, if we get a ballot that is truly democratic, uh, that is when my vote counts, when we don't have that either-or choice. Uh, it's funny. Uh, today, of course, the way the way they worked it out, there's no question we have spoilers. Bill Clinton would never have made it into the White House if Ross Perot hadn't taken a few votes um, from the right wing. Uh, of course, when we get that new arrangement, when we get instant runoff voting, proportional representation, well, that would be a revolution. That would be a totally new form of government. This present system is rigged. It can be fixed, could be fixed, not too difficult. But the political will is simply not there. Uh, actually, uh, this one office, this presidency, is simply not available to a minority. Uh, no poets need apply. Of course, we see that the current right-wing minority has got their hands on the office because they are willing to do anything, legal or illegal, anything to secure the mandate. So it will take all the energy of all the citizens, the tens of thousands of people who marched against the war on Iraq, marched before the war started, remember. It's going to take all our work to shift the White House away from the neocons. Uh, we'll worry about Barack after he's in there. The right-wing propagandists know all the tricks, the divide-and-conquer set up. Uh, they've got that in place. They are out in force just now. Look around. They will attack the individual, the man, Barack Obama, who is <laughs> beside the point, but they know that any individual can be demonized. They will shout that Barack Obama has sold his soul to win the White House. <laughs> Actually, that is the price, yes, you, you pay with your soul. Very few men or women survive political power. Uh, 
Machiavelli always said that was, yes, that's what the state required, required you to give up everything. Certainly your soul, Jimmy Carter, kept his. He wanted his integrity, yes, he wanted... Jimmy'd rather be right than president. Uh, no second term for uh, a spiritual man. Uh, Clinton has done much better than I expected. Uh, he has become an international celebrity. And uh, I'm not going to worry about his soul. Uh, I'm guessing that Hillary Clinton is tougher than Bill. Certainly when it comes to the social programs, she's more of a progressive. Uh, she defines for me what the Democratic Party is all about. I'm from the Irish tradition. When I look at politics, I want to know uh, whether the government is going to help, help the people. In today's climate, the poor, the needy, the disabled, the children, the elders, all these folks... They are dismissed as special interests. Um, <laughs> my, my father used to say that the American political philosophy can be summed up in the phrase, to hell with you, Jake, we got ours. Even the so-called women's issues are labeled in a pejorative way as if uh, the lives of women were not the central, essential, uh, the place where it all begins, my favorite Special interest group would probably be Planned Parenthood. Adolescent girls study the, the position, the role of adolescent girls. Um, I guess it was Marx, one of the boys, said that uh, if you look at the young women in any social order, you know where everything's at. Jane Fonda chose the women down in the south in Atlanta, I think, is where she's based. She works for reproductive rights, for women's health, prevention of teenage pregnancy. All that, uh, all that um, uh, women's issue stuff, yes. Uh, <laughs> big issue about a little tissue, they used to say. So demeaning, that women's stuff. All that stuff that lives are made of. Dreams, all the stuff that determines the hearts and minds of the next generation. The babies. I have an article here from a kind listener. It's all about Michelle Obama and how they're trying to get her to uh, relate to moms. <laughs> I got a letter from Noelle in San Jose and she says, Dear Jennifer, my husband was complaining about you talking about Michelle Obama too much. So I disagreed. Um, Michelle was born the same year I was. I think it's time for my generation. Michelle is on a mainstream media blitz. She's on the front cover of Ladies Home Journal trying to de-emphasize her professional woman political thinker side. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> same thing they did to Hillary. Well, Michelle's still wearing a headband, though. She can get away with it. Anyway, <laughs> They want her to relate to moms, especially working moms. Anyway, um, Noel sent me this wonderful article. It has pictures of the wedding and pictures of the children. And uh, I can't tell from the article. I don't think that Michelle is suffering under this uh, 
I don't think that she feels demeaned by having to uh, throw off her professional side. She did uh, quit her job. She was a, an executive in the public hospitals in Chicago, and she quit her job. Uh, I have to ask my engineer, Veronica, Veronica Faison, Fe- right, right there, right darling. Here. Yes. You got that article in front of you? I do. What page? Uh, well, <laughs> I was looking at the part of the article where it says, you know, that she's quit her job. She had a big, heavy uh, job. I guess, you know, she was really paying a lot of the bills there. Right. Six figures, big time. Uh, uh, yeah. So she says she doesn't want to be the co-president. And uh, do you suppose they're just sort of downplaying? I, I, I don't know whether the career woman is still somehow threatening. You know, they want her to be, you know, uh, um, uh, what, what do we call a typical first lady or a non-Hillary first lady? I can't. I don't tell. know if there is a typical first lady, yeah. but from my understanding from the article, is she's very devoted to being the best mother she can be. As a matter of fact. Uh, one of her friends says she's always wanted to be a mother, and uh, it took a long time for her to get pregnant. And when she finally did, I mean, that's it, 100% for her, being a mom. It's the mom thing. It's funny. I remember with Hillary, I got such a kick out of the uh, the very first couple months after Bill and Hillary hit the White House. Hillary was, let's see, uh, no, the child, Chelsea, was at school. She was 13, I think. And they wanted her to take some aspirin. She had a little headache or something. And the rules of the school said you have to call the parent, you know. And she said, oh, please, you better call my dad. She said, because I think my mom is still busy to take the call. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, you know, you can tell who was doing all all the work. But, no, it it is interesting Um Obviously, what is it? That's what liberation means. It means you have these choices. And the little girls are, I think, 8 and 10. Yes. Yeah, the article says um, 7 and 9, so we're up to probably 8 and 10. Yes. Because Barack is 46. He's 47. He just had his birthday last week. Yes. And she's 44. Happy birthday, Barack. Barack. I didn't get you anything, sorry. Right. They're all exactly the age of my children. It's just this right on the nose, as my letter here from Noel says. It's that's the generation. And there's a wonderful woman in the article I noticed. Uh, Marion, that's the, uh, Michelle's mom. And she looks like a real winner. Uh, Barack's mother's dead. She's the, uh, uh, the nice overweight white lady in the picture there, you know? Stanley Ann, maybe named for her father or grandfather. Yes, yeah, she wasn't around much. Barack says that maybe that's one of the reasons for the marriage, because Michelle is a, I don't want to say at-home mom, I'm not going to say. You know, she's a family person. His own mother, the nice lady from Kansas, uh, she didn't quite, you know, she didn't quite cut it. And well, she was a teenager. Come on, yeah. let's just, she was a baby herself having a baby. Yeah, same old, same old. Anyway, Barack says he likes it the way it is. Uh, I love the bits, the article, uh, the stuff that people think is trivial, and to me it's everything, you know. Uh, the little bits about they couldn't quite settle the arguments about who does what you know she's got a what is it a housekeeper but not a nanny 
I, well, I think what she's going to show us is how to do both, really. I, you know, yeah. Chelsea, you mentioned her. We didn't see too much of her when they were in the... I, at least she doesn't stand out in my mind. Every now and then at an event we saw her. But other than that, we didn't know anything about how she lived, really. Hillary's shtick was that she really didn't want her to be part of it. And besides, there were some unkind things, you know. Uh, I myself said, oh, she looks like Eleanor Roosevelt, which I thought That's was what flattering. I thought. <laughs> yeah, and also Mick Jagger. It, uh, it could be her, her brother. But, um, okay, all right. Ooh. Well, I, I just see a resemblance. Yeah, well, no. Listen, I've heard read articles recently. She's uh, polished to the point she just glows, apparently. She's had every course in... I think she's going to be a politician. Everywhere she turns up, she she gets all kinds of um, kind reviews. But never mind. We're not. You know, we don't have to worry about Chelsea. She can take care of herself. But Michelle's darling daughters are these lovely little kids. Uh, I think. Let me see. There's a name for these. Sasha kids. and Malia. Right. These are kids that are born uh, at a time when there are already personal computers. I mean, it's just a different generation now. This is really, I'm excited to it's see what's going to happen. Yes. It's a different planet. I was thinking, when I saw the names, I thought, they were trying to figure out what would work with Obama. <laughs> you know, there, there was a thing I read, I think, last week. They, they, was it some politician uh, was saying to Obama, what kind of a name is that? Is it Irish? And <laughs> Barack said, it will be. <laughs> anyway. Sasha and Malia Obama, those that works, that works. We will see much more of them.